Hello, um, I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic, and you're listening to Genuine Chit Chat. Hello there, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm again joined by Claudia of the Rue Palps Pod Race podcast. Now, if you tuned in last week, then you'll know that myself and Claudia are both massive, massive fans of our Star Wars, and this whole conversation that spans over two hours is all about Star Wars. So if you haven't checked out part one, make sure you go back and check that out. In addition, a full video version is going to be uploaded to YouTube shortly. It may be today, it might be early tomorrow, uh, but it'll be the full unsplit conversation with video as well. So if you want to check that out, please go over to my YouTube channel. A link is in the description, but it's Genuine Chits Chat on YouTube. And please also subscribe as it would mean a huge amount to me. But yeah, in short, our conversation on Star Wars continues. We talk about the Queen's trilogy by E.K. Johnston. A lot of strong female characters just inadvertently get mentioned within our conversation, as well as some of Dave Filoni's untouchable characters, as well as Valance Nation, John Williams' contribution to Star Wars, you know, how important the music is, and much more. And make sure you check out these show notes. There's links to all of Claudia's things in the description, as well as links to my other guest spots I've done. Some are Star Wars related, some are non-Star Wars related. What happened on the show last episode. Lots of things. It's just always good to check out the show notes. And if you enjoyed these conversations, please make sure you check out my other Star Wars related conversations, including ones with Kevin Scott and Claudia Gray, who are both writers of The High Republic, which myself and Claudia mention The High Republic quite a lot in these two conversations. Uh, Paolo Villanelli, who is the artist for the Bounty Hunters run of comics, which once again we tackled in this part of the conversation, as well as Dominic Pace, who is actually in the Mandalorian Series 1, and a few other bits and pieces there. So lots of Star Wars conversations. You can find all the Star Wars conversations on a YouTube playlist, which is called Star Wars Conversations, so make sure you tune into that. Anyway, enough waffling for me. Thank you so much for listening, as always. I'll be back at the end to give yourselves more information of what's to come and that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed part two of my conversation with Claudia of Rupalp's Pod Race. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. I want to hear about the Queen's trilogy then, because once oh, again, yeah. it's I, I like I really like Padme. She's she's amazing, and in the Clone Wars, she's great, and the Handmaidens are very interesting. What they did yeah. with Sabe and Crimson Rain is very very intriguing to yeah. me. And when I, I listen to, or read, listened, whenever people are listening, I'm, some read books, I read some audiobook. Yeah. But if I say read, I mean one or the other. Um, Brotherhood, Mike Chen specifically said he reached out to E.K. Johnston. And yeah. They, when she released the third, is it Queen's Secret? Queen's Hope. Queen's Hope is the newest. Yeah. So it's um, with that, when she released that, he was speaking with her and there's parts that kind of intersect, he said. And they he tie from really well. So mm. Queen's Hope came out right before Brotherhood. Yeah. Um, and they, they work together and they tie really well. They have little glupshittos that they shared together. And like, because they were in the same time period um, of like right after attack of the clones when yeah. right between attack of the clones and then when we see the clone Wars series start yeah. um they had to really share notes and they they really shared notes about a lot of stuff and also because padme appears in the brotherhood novel and like all this kind of stuff um it's very it's very interesting the the padme books are cool because you see also a lot of other characters that aren't just the handmaidens and padme like one of my favorite mall scenes is a scene in Queen's Peril. I don't want to oh. spoil it. Because, so what's interesting is, so Queen's Shadow came first. Yeah. Um, Queen's Shadow takes place at the end of um, 
at the end of Padme's reign as queen when she's transitioning into becoming a senator and like her first few years on Coruscant. Um, and so she's like, she's leaving the rest of her Padme, her handmaidens and she has new ones and, and what does that mean and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and like establishing that and all that kind of stuff. And she's establishing kind of Sabe as her, is her, is her shadow. And what, what does that mean? Um, but Queen's Peril is the one that came second. That one's kind of about their origins um, and kind of how they were recruited to be the little girl boss Avengers, um, literally. Um, and, and like how they were recruited to like how she's elected to become queen. And then it's the, the Phantom Menace from their perspective, uh, mm. which is very cool. It's almost like a if you like Lost Stars, if you like from a certain point of view, you'll like that one as well because it's very um, one of the movies that you already know, um, but from a different point of view. And there's a scene, there's a scene with the mall in it that I just love. I love it so. Like, what's cool is that E.K. Johnson gets to write all these different characters that you wouldn't expect. Uh, she loves to, she loves to get almost any female character that she can get her hands on and be like, I, I need to give her a little bit more respect. Especially uh, with Ahsoka, obviously where the Clone Wars series got canceled. And that yeah. was one of my first Star Wars books I ever read. Yeah. So like that one was kind of a, that one's kind of an exception because Ahsoka is one of da- is Dave's little, Dave's little guy. Ahsoka yeah. is Dave's little guy that he doesn't let anybody play with. But then when the Clone Wars got canceled, they were like, okay, we're going to make some of this stuff into books. So they did they did Son of Dathomir, they did Dark Disciple, and then they were like, okay, we're going to do the Ahsoka novel and like some of the stuff that was going to be in the end, we're going to put that in there. And then and they let her do that. And then they were like, oh, actually, we are going to do the Clone Wars. And so they did include some of the stuff. Um, but... Now that they were going to like be like, oh, we're going to do the Clone Wars and then we're going to do stuff with Ahsoka and other TV shows, then Ahsoka became off limits. And that's why she can't, she couldn't use her in any of the Padme novels or anything like that. Um, but she got her hands on literally everybody else. Beru Lars. Um, Beru White's on Lars, the icon, the hero. Um, Adepa Balaba. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, Depa Balaba. Oh, there's another one. Like, oh... Um, uh, Bria Organa. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you've read uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, right? Yes. Yeah, I have. Yeah. So I believe that one came out right before Queen Shadow. Mm. Um, but much like with Brotherhood, she tied it in really well with that one. I actually always say to people they should read it with that because it's also, especially Queen Shadow, it very much parallels. It's like Leia. She's being a junior senator. She's being a junior senator in um. Uh, on Coruscant, whatever, and they tie it in really well with uh, the que- the the Queen's novels. Uh, I always, I have a controversial reading order for those where I tell people I think you should read Queen's Peril first, mostly chronological order of like you should read Queen's Peril, then you should read Queen's Hope, then you should read Leia, Princess of Alderaan because it ties in really well, and then read Queen's Hope um, uh. because there's there's some thematic stuff that she wraps up there as well. Um, Cause it's all about, there's all, there's all, there's a lot of like mother and daughter stuff as well. So like you have Brie Oregana, you have uh, Padme's family, you have um, Beru, you Brew Lar, Brew White Sun Lars. Uh, and you also really like the, um, the stuff with the Amidalans and the, um, the, the handmaidens in uh, the comics. Yes. Once you read this, you're like, my, my eyes are open. <laughs> My eyes are open. Um, yeah, you're going to be... Oh, and also, 
there is a handmaiden and also Padme in Thrawn Alliances. So, oh. so yeah, they all tie together. They all tie together. And also, if in the High Republic, this is why I say these three trilogies are essential. If in the High Republic, the part that I think they're going to focus on a lot in Phase Two um, about navigation is is a big theme. Yeah. In uh, in in the High Republic is navigation, is paths, is that kind of thing. That's like one of the main political conflicts of the Thrawn novels as well, um, because out there, funnily enough, you see this in Rebels. I don't know if he did this on purpose to tie in with it, but you know, in the part in Rebels when they get to, they have to go through the cluster that they can't use the hyperdrive through. Yes, and then Zeb has to, Zeb and Ezra and Kanan help him. Zeb skywalks. Um, it's very similar to that. Well, so if you like that part of the High Republic, then you'll like that part in the Thrawn novels. And then also in the Thrawn novels, you have references to Padme and the Handmaidens. It all ties together. It all ties together. I'm like, those three are, they're very, they're, they're very, uh, they're very, um, and also if you're reading the current Marvel run, it connects to both the Padme novels and the High Republic. Um, quite well so i'm like it all ties together and then you're gonna be like my eyes are open dave filoni <laughs> you're like dave filoni i have questions i have questions about skywalkers dave filoni please <laughs> <laughs> uh anyways um yeah the padme novels they're a whole sleigh a whole sleigh i can't cannot say enough about them um and they're they're also i mean E.K. Johnson has talked about this bunch of that they're kind of they're very much um, like she's like, yeah, shit that George did in those movies did not make any sense. So I'm going to Thanos it. Fine. I'll do it myself. And that's literally what they are. (laughs) Wow. And it's a whole sleigh. Um, Because I I really like like Leia Order because when I when I was reading Claudia Gray's uh, books, I read Lost Stars was uh, like. Ahsoka, I think, was the first Wars book I read. And I was like, that was cool. Good book. Yeah. But, you know, and then I read the Aftermath trilogy. I was like, this is fucking incredible. I came yeah. to read loads of Star Wars now. Uh, and then I read uh, Lost, obviously Lost Stars after Aftermath. I read that. And then I was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to read some of Claudia Gray's other stuff. And then yeah. she released uh, Master and Apprentice, read that. And I was trying to read all of her books before speaking with her. And Princess Leia of Alderaan was the one I was the most apprentice about. I was like, you know, I, Leia is a character I really like. But I was like, I don't really want to hear a prequel story because i know she yeah. would die so there's not as many threats and then I went in the book and i loved it and i was like i don't like i care about leia but i was like holdo is amazing she's basically luna yeah. lovegood in, in this which is great because that's what claudia gray obviously yeah. she says that in one of her inter- a couple of interviews where she's like yeah i basically just made Amelie holdo like luna is in harry potter so i was like yeah luna's my favorite character in harry potter and i love harry yeah. potter so i was reading that and i was like oh she's quirky and weird and cool but she's smart she's kind of ahead of the curve a little bit and i yeah. love characters like that so reading when i read leia prince of Alderaan, i was like oh this is really interesting and really good so there's that part of me that if i had infinite time i'd have already read the th- the double thrawn trilogies as well yeah. as uh, that but it's like the the queen's trilogy i was like i want to read them secondary to the, the high republic because it's like I'm interested, yeah. but it hadn't grabbed me in the same way because there's quite a few other kind of novels. That I'm like, oh, yeah. this, the Thrawn is quite high up. Whenever anyone talks about you know Star Wars canon, they always go, he's just my little bestie. Yeah, they always go, read the Thrawn books. And I'm always like, depends on what level of Star Wars fan you are because I'm like, if you haven't really gotten the animated series, probably Lost Stars because it's so close 
it mirrors things a lot. But if you like Legends or you like Thrawn in Rebels, it works. But would you think people could read the Thrawn trilogy without be, seeing Rebels? You'd be surprised. I saw, I'm in a Facebook group where mm. people read a lot of books. And there's a lot of people who have read the, th- the canon Thrawn books without having seen Rebels. Which I think is a little crazy because it ties into Rebels quite a lot. Mm. Uh, especially Thrawn Treason. Thrawn Treason occurs during Rebels. Mm. There's a, the part in Season 4 where, Rebe- where Thrawn's like, hey... Palpatine called me for a job. You can handle this right. And then Price absolutely fucks over the whole thing. And then he's like, when I come back, I'm going to fucking kill you. Um, When you read Thrawn Treason, it's going to make that entire season way funnier. And especially that moment, way funnier. Because basically what happens is Thrawn at that point, I mean, when he's introduced in Rebels, it's it's very much like he's like a fixer at that point. Like they bring yeah. him and the Seventh Fleet in basically when other people can't handle their fucking job. And um, so they bring him in to help with something about the Death Star. That's kind of the 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 premise of Thrawn Treason. And yeah. his thing is the TIE Defenders. So he's like, yeah, I don't like the Death Star. I think my project is better. So why the fuck am I here? Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of jock, there's a lot of imperial jockeying there. It's quite funny actually. Yeah, because um, Thrawn's quite apprehensive about the Death Star and also he's conflicted with the, the Chiss Ascendancy and he's like, I want to keep my people safe. But if you're creating a weapon yeah. that can blow planets up, that makes it feel like my people aren't going to be safe. So I've that's I've heard exactly, bits and pieces. That's exactly kind of the that's exactly the the thing and. Basically, so he goes through this whole thing that I, I won't get to, but also basically he's like, shit, so maybe the Empire is not the best ally for the Ascendancy. I gotta go. Um, but then they're like, okay. And um, Palpatine is definitely gonna figure that out. So like, he's about to motherfucking die. So when he comes, then he's like, hey, I'm coming back. And Price is like, hey. I may have blown up the entire project and also killed the Jedi. And he's like, <laughs> trust when i come back i'm gonna kill you <laughs> he's like i have found out some things that i don't want to find out and also my sister came to visit me and i've had to deal with family drama and palpatine is literally about to fucking kill me and then you do this <laughs> and i've been working on that project for like years i'm going to fucking kill you and so that's why when he comes back and he's a bit unhinged and he says to ezra and he's like you know what fuck it let's go like it makes complete sense you're like because yeah he's like if he had stayed in the empire palpatine would have been like hey, you're done you're done <laughs> like uh, you and you re- it's there's another there's another book or something like that that happens at the same time it's like something in the shows or whatever and it makes it very funny is, uh, it, a new, oh. is it a new dawn uh, that's the Kanan that, and uh, Hero one. That's like a prequel to Rebels. That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't have a during. Oh, actually, it's one of the other Thrawn novels. Basically, no. the plot of Alliances it it goes back and forth. So yeah. it goes there's a there's the main like in the present day you have Thrawn and Vader, and then it's flashing back to Thrawn and Anakin. Yeah. And the first time he met him during the Clone Wars is Anakin. Um, I really I don't want to spoil it. Well, it's, it's, I know that the, the very light things I know about it is it's kind of Thrawn figuring out connecting dots between yeah. Thrawn and Anakin. That's what I know about that novel. So, like, during that mission, there's something else going on. Like, there's something else going on and the whole reason why he's there, which they don't really get into in that in that novel. Um, and you, in the Ascendancy books, you see the other side of that. Oh. And I've never laughed so hard in my goddamn life. <laughs> it's like... So that's why I always tell people, like, you should read the Canon Thrawn trilogy first and then the prequels. Kind of like how I say you should watch 
the original trilogy first oh, and then watch the that. prequels. Oh, I saw that little. <laughs> I know. Um, but but it is there's a there's a little funny thing in there where you're like that's so funny um but i can't i can't spoil it i cannot spoil it for you well i appreciate that i mean it's one of those things where where, like a lot of my listeners they take recommendations of books and things and i've been really pushing for the high republic because i'm like original styles content it's everyone involved is incredible you can read as little as basically read the three main adult novels but even if you just read the three junior novels you'd know what's going on like you could read yeah they they work so strongly in each uh, in each wave of the phases to be you can read any amount of content you can just read the comics and you still have yeah. a good idea of what's going on but the more you read the more everything unravels and it's so yeah. intricate and also apart from like yoda yariel poof maz Kanata, and like shout out to yariel poof yeah <laughs> and like two other characters no one else is alive yeah. so you know that like oh they're all gonna die eventually anyway so that the stakes yeah. are real because it's how they're gonna either how they're gonna go or are they gonna be alive by yeah. the end of the high republic so i always push for that but when it's when it's other content, it's always it's connected with something. You know, yeah. there's a lot of books like Lost Stars is heavily connected to the original trilogy, and then you've yeah. got you know the Padme books are prequels, and obviously Padme is a character, but Thrawn is one of the more individual ones. that's a bit more far removed from it. Yeah. So it's it's always I find one of the issues with some of the canon books are that they are quite some of them are quite reliant on. Uh, the yeah. movies in a lot of ways like a new a new dawn is the prequel to rebels and it's good but it's not yeah it's not amazing i read it i was like this is cool there's some brutal stuff in it but it's yeah. not as strong as like things that can stand on their own if you know what i mean that's also that's what um this is where i'm gonna get into hot takes but <laughs> that's also been my struggle with reading some stuff in the sequel era because mm. and i do not blame the authors at all for this no, is that completely. Because of, because of capitalism, um, be, but because of that, like a lot of these are written as tie-in novels. They're writing them kind of to come out around the same time as a film or a TV show. They don't have the context of what the plan is for the mm-hmm. film or the TV show, so they're going in kind of blind. And especially with the sequels, where there was no plan, yes, these poor authors that were having to write stuff in the sequel era struggle like and i know this also because like i'm a fan of star wars resistance i um i'm like people have to watch star wars resistance i have seen it it's i love it and it had so much potential it really felt like the first two seasons of rebels i was like oh this could really this could really do some stuff and if star if star wars resistance had come out after the sequels it would have been a whole sleigh and Mm. like and they could have done so much more with it but because they were operating in like we don't know where this is going to go. We don't know what we're allowed to do, or we're only allowed to go in these special special spots. You can tell how limited they are, and yeah. it's so frustrating to read. Like that was a frustrating part for me. For um, I know you really like the aftermath books, but that was a frustrating part for me about the aftermath books. That's fine. And also Alphabet Squadron. Um, mm. Alphabet Squadron has some really interesting political stuff, but also some political stuff I don't agree with and don't love um but also some really cool stuff like there's some stuff that i think is a whole sleigh in the last book um and there's gay people which is great it's not my favorite but there's some good stuff in there um but you can so tell how limited they are and it sucks um I'm like I'm reading Poe Dameron Freefall right now, and that book is literally to like fix the plot hole shit. That's what that's why I didn't read it. That's why I haven't prioritized it. I'm like, there's I'm so like, many issues oh. with like the com- uh, the comics of Poe Dameron because I've read all of it apart from the final volume because it's next. Yeah. It's after 
it's my 100th episode soon so in like three weeks time i'll have read the final thing because poe dameron was the comic series yeah. i put off to the very last because i was like i saw charles Soule read it wrote it and i was like you know i love charles Soule's vader and lando and rise of kylo yeah. ren but i was like poe dameron is a cool character but even when rise of skywalker came out i knew bits and pieces about poe and i was like okay that kind of messes with the comics a bit and they released free fall like, and i was like that's the blurb not my beautiful of boy yeah i was like the blurb of free fall is basically saying yeah you know how poe in the comics was doing this and then suddenly in rise of skywalker he came out the blue saying this thing that he's never mentioned before ever let's try and explain why and it was like i appreciate the effort but the moment with the high republic and everything else going on i'm yeah, not gonna prioritize like, no, it i'm, I'm like good. okay fair enough you've made it work in the canon oh so how, how is it obviously you're not finished it yet but is it i i've just started it i think my wider annoyance is is coloring the issue for me i also finn is one of my favorite characters and yeah. so the lack of finn content i love poe i yeah. really love him and i love i love all these white like leia prince of alderaan and the padawan novel that i can't talk about right now <laughs> and like i love the ya novels that are a bit of like their childhood kind of stories so i feel like i should like this more but it's very i'm like first of all i don't want to see poe dameron be heterosexual second of all <laughs> he should have been fit. They should have kissed at the end. 100%. They should have kissed at the end. But been, also, oh, so it's so hard because I'm like, Poe Dameron has gotten a comic series and books and whatever. I'm like, and what about my boy Finn? Where like is one he? Age, of, uh, age of Resistance comic that's okay. And then a short story in like a uh, young kid's book about yeah. his time as a stormtrooper. And it's like, he, that's it? he has more story in the Lego holiday special, which is great. The Lego like holiday special? Yeah, and it's like him being a Jedi. I'm like, that's the story I want. Give me. He was robbed in the sequel trilogy. He was I'm great like, in Force Awakens. Pretty damn good in The Last Jedi. Some issues, but he kind of came back. And then like, Rise of they're like, how about we completely wipe 90% of his character and anything he's got to do? Even though like, he was like the main character in The Force Awakens, like built to be. The posters like, had him with a lightsaber. He's like, he beat the shit out of kylo ren what happened to that yeah it's like oh let's just push him to one side and not really think about I, him so it's really hard for me to enjoy stuff because i'm like but where's finn i don't yeah. understand and so I'm, I'm trying to this is why obviously i have a bias towards things of the prequel or even rebels era variety because the sequel stuff i'm like i love i mean i love finn very much i have things that i love very much but i'm like that's a little it's a little bittersweet sometimes. Mm. I can't enjoy myself as much. I'm like, oh, I'm just sad. I'm just sad. Like, um, even the even with the aftermath stuff or what, especially with Leia and stuff. I'm like, that's not how she should have gone. That's, mm, I don't like this uh, here. There's there's so many things where I just like can't enjoy it as much, and that's yeah. why I think the sequel era stuff has been much harder for me. Um, is it in one of the aftermath books where they're like, yeah, so she wasn't doing much because she was pregnant with Leia. And I was like, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> or they were like, oh, yeah, she's just like kind of chilling because she's pregnant. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, this is not <laughs> correct. Also, why is there no birth control in Star Wars? Anyway, <laughs> but like, the, I just or, or like. Even so, like in Alphabet Squadron, for example, Harris, I read it mostly for Harrison Dula. I was like, mm. I, I'm just going to do it for Harrison Dula. I'm just here for her. I'm just here for her. Is she, and, she like, in it that much? She is. She's oh, a pretty, okay. she's a pretty main character, but like Chopper isn't even there. I'm like, she would never be separate from Chopper ever. 
not for maybe maybe one mission if she had to, but not like she's a, several books. She's a general now, and so like you've seen her in the comics as a general, whatever. But like, wh- why would Chopper not be there? Yeah. Other than I guess is Chopper taking care of her son? Like <laughs> I would not trust Chopper with Jason. Jesus. I mean, I I mean, I guess Chopper would be the only person that I would trust. Maybe. Um, I think but, he like, needs someone there <laughs> to watch yeah. over slightly. But, like, so the only person that she mentions in the book, it's, like, clear that they're only... And I'm, like, it's weird because she's one of Dave's little guys. But I'm, like, oh, so they're allowed to play with one of Dave's little guys, but nobody else. So, like, she she can mention Jason and she can mention her son, but they can't mention anybody else. She'll say her family. And they mention Kanan once. They refer to Kanan a couple times, but then they mention Kanan once. And I did cry. I I did. I did cry. (laughs) Um, And they, they mention... And I'm, like... She's like, oh, my family. Am I whatever? I'm like, yeah. Like Sabine Wren, who's like still in the rebellion. Like, or maybe, or maybe at this point, I think maybe we'll see this in the Ahsoka series. Yeah. Cause that last scene in, in Rebels, that's right. That's after Endor, right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's, she's already gone off or whatever. And obviously, Callus and, and Zeb have gone off to live and be married in Amir Asan, whatever. I'm like, okay, but where's, where's everybody else? Like, like, I'm sorry. Like, it's not clicking for me. So it's it's very hard to engage. I think um, it's just very hard to engage sometimes because you're like, ah, what's what we were talking about earlier? Of like, it's nice when things connect, and it's not like oh, in a fan servicey way. It's like you've built this huge world. Connect the pieces, like what's wrong with it i think that's i think that's gonna be my i've loved the kenobi series i've loved it so much i think that's gonna be my one gripe with the kenobi series though where i'm gonna be like okay but ahsoka also meant a lot to him <laughs> she not mentioned at all <laughs> like yeah that's I a mean, saving her for the last episode maybe but it's like you kind of a too late a little bit it's like yeah. they could have mentioned her in one in the flashback mention oh, one? yeah but yeah, they haven't even said the name Cody, and I'm like, I w- was fairly sure Cody was going to pop up at some point. I or, like, or at least we still anything, don't know what's happened to him, or at least anything about the clones. Like, yeah, all of the Jedi, the clones are very important to them, or they either felt bad, or the clones were personally important to them, or like the ones who were in hiding. Like, we get Kanan's perspective of that mm. he was a Padawan and he has trauma that he can't trust any any clones or whatever. But then you also have like, like. With clones and stuff, I'm like, you, I'm like, the, I'm like, that, they were very important to, mm. to him. I'm like, I get that with this series, they're really trying to bring in the prequel people. So they're like, oh, we're not going to focus on anything else. But I'm like, increasingly, the prequel and Clone Wars people are the same people. The Clone Wars is far more mainstream than I think they realize. Yeah. Um, And also, like, they were okay bringing in... um. They were okay bringing in, like, stuff that people didn't really know from the TV shows they brought into The Mandalorian. Like, they just wholesale brought Ahsoka on screen. Most people didn't know who the fuck she was. They yeah. said, where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? Most people don't know who the fuck that is. Like, they, they need to just they need to just say it. Because at this point, I'm like, okay, he had, like, he's having dreams or whatever. I'm like, what about Ahsoka? Like, the moment when Ahsoka leaves the temple and he, like, tries to stop her. And they're like, hey, like, hold back. Like, this is a moment that he needs to have with Anakin or whatever. I'm like... That's always my hill that I love to die on is that there's not enough Obi-Wan and Ahsoka content. There's just not. There's not enough. And then clearly he says our Padawan all the time. Like that was his little sister too. She says like, oh, my family. When she talks about like, yeah, she's talking about 
Rex and Anakin and Obi-Wan. And the like, Mordis arc really centers around that as well. In, in, yeah. in, in some very, in very clever ways of metaphors and showing you know, the parallels yeah. between. And it's so clever. I, I agree completely. Like Ahsoka, it was Ahsoka and Anakin with Obi-Wan there. It was the two dads with their, their stepdaughter. And like oh, the, the way the Clone Wars movie opens is Obi-Wan's getting a Padawan. But then yeah. he's like, actually, Anakin's getting one. And then Obi-Wan's just not having a Padawan now. And you're like, because he's got Ahsoka, even though he's he's like Ahsoka's yeah. step, stepmaster. Well, that was one thing about the Brotherhood novel that I really liked was him kind of realizing, oh, you know what? Qui-Gon, like he didn't realize how important Qui-Gon was to Anakin as well. Mm, yeah. And he was like, Qui-Gon was more of a father figure to the both of us than I was a father figure to, to Anakin. And he's realizing, oh... I am his big brother. I am not his father. Yeah. Um, and how he was like a father to both of them and how they are brothers. And I'm like, yeah. And she says, she says like my brother, Anakin. I'm like, and what about Obi-Wan? <laughs> and also Rex. Hello. Oh, if Rex. I don't see live action Rex in the Ahsoka series, I will start swinging. I will well, start swinging. We, we definitely have to. But like when we saw the, the um, Tamir Morrison playing the like clone veteran in Kenobi and I was like, He's wearing blue armor. Is that Rex? And they just no. went, and I was like, I was like it's five oh first. Yeah, and I was just like, so it's it's not Rex, but he is. Was that that was a Cody? Was it his arms are different? And then he's just gone, and you're like, it's like we've got the finale is in two days, less than two days, and we're like, hey, we're I gonna guess. see Cody in the Bad Batch. We're gonna see him in the Bad Batch. I really, I really did you see the so. trailer? Oh no, the the bat. Oh, actually, I've seen. There's two trailers now, are there? Yeah, well, there's there was one trailer that they released, and then apparently the, it was different than the trailer that they showed at Celebration. So uh, you can watch the leaked trailer if you want, where uh, like I think you see a flash of him in in the regular trailer, but then like you see Crosshair say Commander Cody and whatever. Apparently, uh, my friend was there, so my my co-host Jess is the one who hosts Cody Watch. Um, if people don't know, Cody Watch is a podcast within a podcast where. Um, Every time we watch a new piece of Star Wars media, Jess checks in and is like, have we seen Cody? Have we found out where Cody is? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, there's a, there's a big chance of that in the in the Bad Batch. It still hasn't happened. Obviously, in the Book of Boba Fett, it didn't happen. In Obi-Wan, it still hasn't happened. Um, we had to do a couple Cody watches. We did clone watch in the Book of Boba Fett. Like, maybe any clone might show up. And... Um, We've had a couple. We've had a couple successful Cody watches. Uh, Cody shows up briefly at the end of Queen's Hope. Oh. Um, he shows up briefly in Brotherhood as well. Um, that I think that was also one downside we were saying of like limitations of Brotherhood was like clearly the clones are they're very much Dave Filoni's little guys other yeah. than Ahsoka, and when it's not a Dave project, they are like not allowed to be there, or you're not allowed to touch their story, and you're like. Damn it. <laughs> like, yeah. um, so yes, Cody is in the trailer for season two of The Bad oh, Batch. Nice. And um, so my friend Jess was there at the Bad Batch um, panel. And I had another friend who had been to a bunch of the panels. I believe it was Charles from Gold Squadron Gaze. And he said that other than Hayden Christensen walking out on stage in the main stage, Cody appearing in the trailer had the biggest cheers of the entire weekend. <laughs> Amazing. Literally. He, he was like, you don't understand. People went crazy. Literally insane. And I was like, yeah, I went insane. Like, yeah. 
people were texting our friend Jess, like making sure, like wellness checking them. They were like, are you okay? Did you see Cody in the trailer? <laughs> like, I was like, we're finally going to see our boy. <laughs> like, but I, I, I'm literally, I'm like, okay, so I, I fear, I hope he's not dead. Because <laughs> I hope we don't see him die in the Bad Batch because we don't see anything about him in the Kenobi series. Or and anywhere. Anywhere just, after Clone Wars, he's just disappeared. Well, after Revenge of the Sith, he's just gone. He's just. And I'm, I'm just like, I, don't, I mean, if you look at the early Clone Wars arcs, like he's quite important. Him and Rex work together a lot. Like in the Clone Wars movie, he's just drop kicking people. Like <laughs> I'm like, where's Cody? Where? But even just so, like, it's important. I think to to Obi Wan's character that his compassion and his his love and ironic his attachments to these various people in his life that are not just anakin and i was really scared they were not even going to acknowledge like his friendship with padme and they very much did uh yes. shout out to deborah cho we love a fe- we love a female creative on a project <laughs> <laughs> where they very much were like that she was equal uh, a friend to him as anakin and hit and her loss haunts him and he feels guilt for her loss as much as anakin's um which I was like, thank fuck, um, <laughs> because I'll be real pissed if you don't. But now I'm like, but what about the loss of the clones? <laughs> what about your What about your little guys? It was like he he in the last season of the Clone Wars, he jumps in front of Cody to save him, and I was like, and what about them? <laughs> Putting my shipper goggles aside, what about them and Ahsoka? Like also, also Kenobi. To our knowledge, Kenobi this. He doesn't know about the chips, does he? Because we, he's, as the audience, know not. about the chips. Not and then of the Ahsoka, Jedi do. No, and Ahsoka knows. And then I imagine... I, I don't know why, but I feel like Quinlan would know. But I feel like someone he would figure it out or someone would tell well, him. Well, no. Obi-Wan does know because of the because of the arc in the Clone Wars. Him and Anakin are, I believe, two of the people who like didn't believe that it was real. Right? In the Fives arc? Oh, and, yeah, which is one of my... Probably my favorite. One of my favorite arcs. It's, there's a lot of good arcs, but Fives is my favorite clone. I mean, Rex is, is my favorite clone. Ah, he's, you, know, you get Rex and Rebels, and it's just he gets more. But Fives in the, the parameters of Clone Wars, Fives yeah. was my guy. Was oh God, um, but he tragedy. Um, but yeah, with with the whole clone thing, it is bizarre. I, I think maybe what you say, Kenobi must have known them by proxy. But then surely, like, therefore, I would want to see him being like. You know, Ahsoka really tried with Rex and was trying to stop, you know, she could see the struggle yeah. and she got him out of it. She saved Rex and then Rex is going off saving pe- other people. And it's like, is Re- obviously Rex is in Bad Batch anyway. So it's like, is Rex going to meet Cody and they're going to fight? Are they going to, is Rex going to be able to get the chip out? And if so, surely Cody would then want to go see Kenobi, but no one knows where he is. So well, most people think he's dead. Yeah, that's the I mean, they that was the kind of the deal was that they would make it seem like both Yoda and Obi-Wan were dead. Yeah, and exactly. that, like pretty much the only people who know is is the three people who were there, which was Bail Organa and uh, I believe one Mothma knows. Yeah, um, and, I, and I suspect Kenobi is going to end with him faking his death because we literally saw his face on Bounty Hunter screens everywhere. In like the second or third episode, yeah. and we're like, oh, he also everyone in the entire galaxy knows he's about suddenly. And it's like, yeah, you're going to well, have I to. Mean, at the beginning of Rebels, he's not like, oh, Kenobi is dead. He's yeah. just like, we know, we like, we don't know for sure that he's dead, meaning he could be alive. Like, yeah. we don't know for sure that he's dead. It's like, we have no confirmation that he is dead. <laughs> so let's just assume he is alive and get his ass. Um, 
Uh, so I guess you could go that way. I don't yeah. really know, but I don't know. I feel like that's probably going to be my only disappointment is like, I would really, uh, it's not like, oh, I want there to be Easter eggs or whatever. It's mostly just that I'm like, no, like character wise, that's what makes sense. Yes. Um, not to be like, I'm Star Wars fan who complains and all their glup shittos aren't in something, but I'm like, okay, but character wise let's think about what makes sense he has thought about literally everybody else yeah <laughs> and they got to me that led you in the show so i'm like why why wasn't there just a flashback with cody or something and him thinking about being betrayed by cody and that element of worrying about the clones and it's kind of as you're linking into uh what you said earlier with the problems of star wars and you're feeling it with uh poe down free fall a little bit and some of the the sequel trilogy era content it's like they're so it's either everything that's being made is so hush hush they're not allowed to touch anything yeah and you feel occasionally and I, with brotherhood i got it a little bit not a lot yeah. probably only a couple of moments where it feels like a false start almost feels like a car's going in a direction and then it stops and you're like, oh and then it's like reverse and they go that yeah. direction. Like, but you you're like, so mowing a here's a mouse tool we'll use for later and you're yeah. like okay well that doesn't make any sense then <laughs> yeah it's it's I, I vision it like a giant lawn being mowed and someone going forward and then reversing and then going another way and you look at it and you go there's bits here that you've just not gone over there and you kind of kind of feel it, it's a bit jarring it's like how there's there can be no mandalorians in the high republic yeah because like when they asked and they were like oh we weren't allowed to touch that i'm like come on that's <laughs> you can't even just have like a random mandalorian just running around yeah like it's just zero and it's and you feel it a little bit where you've got the, these big moments in star wars and it's like, you know, with Thrawn at the moment, because they're going to do a big Thrawn reveal at some point, is it going to be in Ahsoka? Is it going to be in the rest of the Echoes? The Mandoverse is going to be like a yeah. soft reboot, soft remake of Air to the Empire tr- trilogy that obviously neither of us have read ashamedly. But, I, like, well, I know things about it and I'm like, so I, I hope it's not. Yeah, Which, but I know that it may be connected at least because Mount Tantus does appear in the Bad Badge. So. Yeah, yeah, it does. And there's lots of little threads going towards it. And they're like, why would they allow so much Thrawn content? And then drop name is, drop drop his name in series two of Mando. Like, they didn't have to do that. They yeah. if they could have not said anything. And he's there's been no other relevance to it at all. Yeah. So it's like, apart from obviously, oh, Ezra disappeared with Thrawn. So it's like, you can feel it in certain bits of content where it's like, I'm really glad we're getting all this Star Wars content. Yeah. But I'd almost, I can never do this, but I'd almost rather just not consume any and block all styles content out. And then like five, 10 years, I yeah. can just floodgates and everything jives well. But the like, moment is just- feeling That's how my bit. friends felt. They were like, it all comes together. It all comes together, whatever. And I was like, oh, I wish I could have the experience you're having. <laughs> it's like reading comics one, one month at a time. And you're like, oh, that was, you know, that's almost the equivalent of watching Clone Wars. I'm watching seven minutes at a time. And you're like, oh, well, that was a cool bit. Because it's, you know, obviously an arcs. Yeah. Um, and speaking of comics, because we're going to wrap up soon because yeah. we've been narrowing off rages. We could keep on yeah. doing it. Um, but I want, we want to ask about um, uh, co- comics and things, but we can talk about them in depth a bit more and, another time. But uh, Baylor, now you, you pronounce his surname differently to the way I did, either because I'm wrong or because I'm British. Who knows? But I say Baylor Valance. Okay, so, here's the thing is that I don't think anybody knows how to pronounce no, his name. Comic characters are just like... I know that it's kind of a running joke online that nobody like his first name. I don't know how to pronounce his first name. I guess nobody I apologize does. on my. I podcast. said Bylert, and people were like, "No, that's wrong." And then I was like, "Is it Baylor?" And they're like, "I don't really know." Uh, <laughs> 
But I say Valence because um, I'm a part of Valence Nation. So shout out to Hayden. Hayden is a TikToker who is a part of our, our group um, who on Twitter is uh, MCUYTD, who's also a Taika YTD fan. Oh, um, I love who Taika is the purveyor of Valence Nation, which is basically, you know, Valence is very much a glup shit He's very much... <laughs> He is very much a clip shadow, but he's been around in Star Wars comics for a long time. He's been in Legends. He's been in all this kind he's of like stuff. He's like the original 70s run. He was like one of the earliest characters in Star Wars comics before even Empire came out or anything. Yeah, he's, you know, he's he's one of the guys. Um, and so as as she has been getting more of us to to read the comics, um, more and more people have been getting into Valence Nation, even people who have not read all the comics. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, Valence Nation is, uh, you know, and you know me, I don't really love stories that don't really involve any magic or anything like that. So like a bounty hunter story, it's like pushing it for me. Um, <laughs> but then we got into bounty hunters and I was like, oh, like, okay. Like he, he's just like some guy and he's very depressed and he's, <laughs> he's like a, he's like Han Solo, but sadder, um, and whatever. And then later on I was like, oh, I kind of like these funky little guy. <laughs> he's so he's so pathetic he's so down as luck every t- every comic you go god it's like ethan says you must hate Valance because you just ruin his life every bit of yeah. every drip of backstory you get you go god is even worse every time yeah, i read more about him i'm like oh my heart yeah well, and also shout out, shout out to han valence nation because i i get it now i get it why was he why why in more of the bounty hunters was he's like yeah my life is going to shit but i have to save han solo who i knew for like three seconds in the imperial academy and i was like that's a little gay it was a bit of a stretch and i was like is there more to this it was <laughs> it, it does feel that way it, it does it but I, I it's funny with you say about bounty hunters because much like kind of with the layer princess of Alderaan, a book which i was very happy i read with Bounty Hunters, when they were comic series, before I was obsessively getting everything, I was like, Bounty Hunters, I was like, same with tar- uh, Target Vader. I was like, yeah. I don't need a story. Bounty Hunters getting Vader in a comic form. I'm not fussed, really. And then when I was like, I'm going to read, read every comic, I was like, fine, I'll read uh, Hansel, Imperial Cadet, and Target Vader. And I was like, oh, Imperial Cadet, okay, Valance, a fair, interesting character. Then Target Vader, and I was like, oh, he's it's basically his story, but they've called it Target Vader to sell, which I understand. And then... It's like, oh, here's a series about him. And even though it's called Bounty Hunters, it's basically about Valance until recently where they've gone, oh, no, he's just, he's now in the Vader comics. Mild spoiler. But with the War of the Bounty Hunters, I was like, okay, Boba Fett stuff I'm vaguely interested in. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And I like crossover stuff. You know, that's how I kind of, I started with Doctor Aphra. That's the first Star Wars comic I ever read. And then it did the uh, Screaming Citadel. And I was like, fine, I'll get to this main run of Star Wars. And then that connects with Vader and blah, blah, blah. So... I got into comics of Star Wars through their crossovers, which is obviously how they sell comics. It's a, yeah. it's a marketing tactic that comic runs, especially Marvel, have been doing for a very long time. And so they got me. And then I was like reading the War of the Bounty Hunters. I was like, well, I have to read every spin-off and every connection thing. And I was like, but Bounty Hunters was the last one I picked up because I was like, yeah. I like Bounty Hunters. They are cool, but they're basically they're, they're space mercenaries. And it's like, that's yeah. not... For me, with Star Wars, that's one of the least exciting things. Afro, that's how I felt when they so announced cool. The Mandalorian. I was like, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was a live-action Star Wars series. I'm game. But I was like, I could have really done with a, a Luke Skywalker series or like a New Jedi Order sort of thing or even a, an older stuff or like going back to where the High Republic is now and then yeah. eventually can do stuff. I'm like, I want something new or really, really Force-related. And I like yeah. The Mandalorian. I think it's cool, but... I'm still like, they've obviously announced that kids' High Republic series that's going to be coming out. And that's just, 
that's dipping the toes in. They're gonna. There's gonna be. Well, more. we have the acolyte, and we have the acolyte and young young Jedi adventure. Yeah, so yeah, well, acolyte's the tail end. So it's, yeah, yeah, it, it's gonna be almost probably almost phase four of the High Republic. That's kind of yeah. the, the vibe that's I get true. from it. But which I'm very excited for the acolyte. That's my number one. Yeah. Before Kenobi was released, that was my number one exciting. Well, Leslie Kenobi Headland. Runner. Every interview with her, I'm like, oh, she gets it. <laughs> her and Deborah Cho, I'm like, oh, they both get it. They understand in a way nobody else does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go on. I trust you. She was like, yeah, I'm a really big Thrawn fan. I was like, so true. I trust you with my life. <laughs> um she's like a like original like heir to the empire like thrawn fan i was like oh go off queen all right slay so anyways you were talking about bounty hunters yeah well i was, I was gonna say with afra like what i like about afra is you know artifacts and crazy banana shit yeah you know, i like off the wall mental stuff that i'm not yeah. gonna expect or force stuff philosophy that sort of stuff you know one of the reasons i love high republic so much because it's like a mix and i like a i like a good baddie and i like, but yeah. with one of the things about bounty hunters i loved about valance is that he i just i almost like secondary masochism i just love watching people <laughs> suffer like he's just he keeps getting kicked when he's down and i'm loving it it's like it hurts so good <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh buddy oh no oh that's yeah when he got when he got <laughs> we were joking when he gets back into the empire and he kind of gets de-yossified <laughs> and he kind of just looks like he just looks like he looks like any other bitch like and you're like what happened to you my guy it's like i like see half your skin even though you're always sad when your synth skin was coming off you look so cool and now you just look normal right. he just looks like some guy <laughs> No, and I'm like, oh, what happened to you? <laughs> also, speaking of bounty hunters in the High Republic, have you noticed how uh, the planet that he's from, you have Cadelia and some of the women from that planet are all wearing these circlet tiaras. And I was Ooh. like, that looks a lot like Avar Chris. Yes. I did think that when I saw her. I was like, but they haven't said anything else about it. And I was like, Because they've never explained why Avar wears that. Because she wears it all the time, no matter what she's wearing, whatever. And I was like. I have a suspicion. I have a theory. I was like, Avar, I was like, Avar, Chris, Valence Nation, discuss. <laughs> my, um, my theory, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to I think Ethan, I know, I think Ethan Sachs liked my tweet about that. And I was like, confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing, I, I only just thought of it and it's only been this week because I've been reading Edge of Balance. And in oh. that there's the youngling, uh, Vivnia, and she's got a... Um, like a tiara like like a headwear yeah. thing that she wears um, and she's for people who don't know she's a little Trigruta so same species as Shark T and Ahsoka and so between her head montrals she's got a little headpiece and the other youngling and Nima made it for her Yeah, and I'm working I wonder if Elzar or Stellan Geos made the headband tiara oh, thing that, that would be, be very lo- sad if it was one of them it would be sadder than the other one <laughs> that would make me very sad no it would be, be sad either way. Oh yeah. my god! No, that would make me upset. Well, also, I'm trying to think of Jora Molly, who's also uh, a uh, a Tagruda. Didn't hmm. she also have some sort of jewelry? But I can't remember what she had. I can't. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure. I know that like for Tagrutas, they often do decorate their montrals with. I mean, I know yeah. Soka has the Padawan braid, which is slightly different, but. Like yeah. those, she has. Well, even Ahsoka's got that thing there, doesn't she? She's. I think it's kind of like, um, it's not dissimilar to Twi'lek women. They often wear headpieces where the yeah. the, the leku connects to the the skull. Yeah. I wonder if it's quite a thing where, especially females in 
female species where they have head tentacles and head yeah. uh, tails. I wonder if it's a thing there, but obviously Avar's human, so that kind of... That's why I'm like... A- <laughs> Bylord Valence descended from Avar Chris? Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> he could be. He could be. I mean, he could be. This is like when in the Kenobi series, they were like, um, <laughs> when he was like, yeah, I think I had a brother. And everyone was like, oh my God, whatever. And I was like, so this is how Ray can still be a Kenobi because great uncle Kenobi. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> because there's, you know, because there's Shadow of the Sith and we kind of meet his parents, read her parents or whatever. And we obviously know where, where one parent came from. But like the other one, could have come from anywhere. Mm. Could have come from anywhere. Just say. I'm just saying. So it hasn't been disproven yet, so... Exactly. Ray Kenobi, Ray Kenobi stands, we rise again. We rise. <laughs> we have risen. Like, <laughs> um, I'm like, so here's how I can still win. Um, <laughs> I actually quite like Ray Nobody and Ray Skywalker, um, but um, I just think it's funny. So. <laughs> um, it's nowhere near as good as, uh, obviously, Mary Jade and Revan Cal- Calis Aurelios. <laughs> the Calis Aurelios family. If you don't know the lore, you have to listen to Repel Squad Race to understand. <laughs> uh, anyways. Um, I mean, we could, I think, natter on forever yeah, with this because could, yeah. there's so much Star Wars content we have. We've barely talked about the comics, which is great. And, I you know. know, because we were talking about, this wasn't specifically about the comics, but, like, I didn't even ask you what your favorite Star Wars movie was. So let's finish off of that. I'll ask it's you It's Revenge that. of the Sith. Is it as well? Actually, oh. no, it's this. It's actually the Lego holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, I, I think the holiday special is amazing when I watched that. I didn't think the Halloween one was as good. It's uh, funny. It's fun, but I, I was... I know Lego is its own weird little canon, but I was like, yeah. the way they retold the Kylo Ren thing, this is me being a bit of a Kylo Ren simp, which I love Kylo Ren. He's like my favorite part <laughs> of the sequel trilogy. But I was like, when they did the whole thing, I was like, it kind of takes away from the rise of Kylo Ren comics a little bit because more, not, it doesn't take away because it's own universe. And I know it's a, a different way of telling certain stories. It's a stories, parody. But I was like, a lot of people are going to think that's actually what happened and that's going to make them dislike Kylo Ren more for thinking he's whiny and I'm like he's got such a cool backstory and I, I love him and I just I yeah. want him to do justice but that's me that's my own that's me projecting yeah. rather than it actually not being a great show but a great episode but I hope oh. it gets people to read the Terrifying Tales comics because those are really fun oh yeah yeah the uh, the, the Tales of Vader's Castle ones yeah the Kevin oh, yeah. Scott Terrifying Tales and Tales of Vader's so Castle good. oh yeah Terrifying Tales is with the Halloween special is called. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Tales of Vader Castle comics. Uh, that's so good. That's, I was like, I hope it gets people to read that. Um, which is why, which is why when we saw it in Kenobi, I was like, we won. Kevin <laughs> Scott fans, we won. <laughs> Kevin Scott Hive. <laughs> so uh, just uh, very briefly, with uh, obviously you said Revenge of the Sith is your favorite movie, so amazing. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's my favorite Star Wars movie in general. And then depending on what day you ask me, depends on what my second and thirds are. Yeah. But is is the prequel? Do you consider, is that like, like your favorite trilogy or like, it's kind of hard because prequels are like quite inconsistent and the original trilogy is very consistent, but for me, it doesn't have the highs in the same way. Um, I would still say the prequel trilogy is my favorite just because I like that era. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about books and comics in that era. I mean, like the Clone Wars, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, there's, I really like individual parts of the original trilogy. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna say like favorite trilogy is gonna be prequel trilogy, just because um, that's what I grew up with. Uh, yeah. But that being said, when I put on the original trilogy, I am also yelling memes of the screen, so <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> 
I think the original trilogy are not... You can't always say this with movies and art. Obviously, this is more in a general way, but they're almost objectively better movies. But when it comes to Star Wars... Yeah. It's more and like I don't watch the Star Wars the Star Wars movies and all Star Wars content for me. I don't consume like other content. Like even if it's not even the yeah. worst Star Wars content I've consumed is never bad. It's the yeah. worst I've read is okay. Because even when it's not amazing, it adds to this huge plethora of the universe that yeah. anything I read goes into that. Whereas if you just go to the cinema and watch a movie that just sucks, you're like, Well, I just wasted two plus yeah. hours of my time. If you watch a Star Wars movie that's not as good as you want it to be, you're like like when I first watched Solo, I was yeah. like, Yeah, this is alright, but at least I get all this stuff about Solo and Lando, and then the more I watch it, I'm like, yeah. So I rewatch all the movies so many more than I'd watch normal movies. But so I think original trilogy, I'm like, not being a Star Wars fan as movies, they're better than the prequels. But as yeah. me enjoyment of them and the yeah. era, as you say, like I love there being so many Jedi. I love the galactic politics that Palpatine is just a genius and such a cool villain, yeah. and the way he pits the sides against each other. That whole era is so cool. I'm like, I love the original trilogy, but. It does not have Duel of the Fates. It does not. It doesn't not. have it. Like, when that comes on, I'm like, I've forgotten everything else that has happened, and I'm like, I love Star Wars! 100%. <laughs> it's literally, it's, I, it's, I think it's the best Star Wars theme. You know, I think it's it's so good, I just occasionally just put it on. I'm like, I just yeah. want to hear it. When you asked me at the beginning, like, what's my favorite part of Star Wars, the shorter answer would have been, it is the music. Um, yes. I did a guest spot on Star Wars Music Minute, which is another great podcast where um, they're going through all of Star Wars, like, in like five minute chunks in every uh, analyzing all the music and uh we actually did it we did a part from solo um and uh but yeah it is my favorite part is the music um yeah. just because i do think it, it get i have a pavlovian response uh to the music and i'm like i also think that like nobody would be as crazy about star wars as they are without it like 100%. it would just be like some fun cheesy cult movies that people really liked the music makes it where it's like I've decided that this is going to warm inside my brain forever and that's the difference so I think that about and that's the John Williams effect like I think that about the Harry like the Harry Potter there's a lot of good adaptations of books that came out in like 2000s whatever I don't think the Harry Potter books would have become and the movies would have become what they were if John Williams hadn't put that extra something on the movies that made you attach to it as a child because like you know, there, there there were other good things or whatever, but like it was like it became your whole goddamn world because of, <laughs> because of because of John. And I'm like the same thing with Jurassic Park. Like, it's a stupid movie with fucking animatronic dinosaurs, but he got the music, and you're like, I've decided this is my childhood. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's something about the special sauce, my guy, and he keeps doing it. He keeps it like because when he did the when he did the uh, the Obi Wan theme. Um, he conducted it at Celebration and I watched the video. I had chills. I was like, you can't keep doing this to me, sir. You can't keep doing it. Anyways. No, I, agree. So. I agree completely. Friends of mine have said it and I agree 100%, which is John Williams is actually the star of Star Wars. I yeah. think John Williams for me, John Williams is the R2-D2. Because yeah. R2-D2 for the whole... Uh, all trilogies he is hugely important imperative especially in you know the prequels he is literally and the more you delve into the lore of like clone wars and stuff he's even more important and stuff but he is the catalyst for like everything so r2d2 he literally in all three sagas in the first in phantom menace he saves everyone in uh the original trilogy he delivers the message starts the whole hero's journey off and then the sequel trilogy he delivers ray to luke so he is the most like arguably the most important character across all of the star wars films and john williams 
And he's not, and R2 is not held in as high regard as he should. He's literally carrying the whole saga. Yeah. John Williams is the same on the flip side. People credit the actors who obviously do a great job and George and Dave Filoni and everyone else who's involved in the directors and everyone contributes to Star Wars. But I think the importance of R2 to the in, in yeah. canon is as John Williams outside of it. Yeah, no, he he holds that bitch on his back. Well, and that's yes. why, like, when they had other composers, like, obviously the Kinder Brothers, whatever, like, Burying the Dead, like, there's there's huge other pieces. Um, or like, uh, I mean, Ludwig Göransson, my icon, my bestie. Yes. In uh, in the Mandalorian, whatever. I'm like John Williams. He is holding this shit up. Like, you know, even like even like. There's parts in like people where people will be like, oh, I don't really love Attack of the Clones, or I didn't believe Anakin and Padme loved each other, but then you play Across the Stars, and I'm like, I believed. <laughs> I believed. I don't care. <laughs> um, I believed. And they're like, yeah, John Williams. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. He's he's holding up the entire thing on his goddamn shoulders. So you know. I completely agree with you, 100%. I mean, it has been delightful talking with you, Claudia. I mean, please yeah. tell... It's it's just been so much fun just talking styles. It's It was someone who's so passionate, just like I am. It's, it's delightful. So thank you so much for making uh, your time for me and to my lovely audience, who I'm sure appreciate it greatly. And please, uh, any for sort of final statements, anything you don't get to say, anything like that, and also how people can find you. And we will wrap this up. Yes. Um, so you can find me on social media. I'm at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. I am mostly on Twitter and TikTok. I also have Instagram. Um, I use TikTok a lot on Star Wars TikTok um, and also on Twitter a lot. Um, and you can also, for Star Wars stuff, you can follow RuPalp's Podrace. Um, we are on TikTok. Um RuPalp's Pod Race and and we're just at RuPalp's Pod Race and uh, we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. Our Twitter account is very fun because um, it's the five of us. You never know which one of us is going to be. <laughs> um, it's very fun and um, yes, and I also have um, my my other podcast, the Mystery Spotcast, which you do not need to know anything about Supernatural to listen to. Frankly, it's probably more enjoyable if you don't know <laughs> anything about it. Um, it's just if you have the willingness to listen to people tell you about the most the most batshit part of American popular culture. Um, it's kind of like Riverdale, where someone could tell you um, something that has happened in that show, and you're like, it's crazy. I don't know if that's true or fake, but it sounds about bonkers enough that it probably <laughs> happened. It's like that. Um, so yeah, you can follow uh, Mystery Spotcast. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Um big twitter people um and yeah i think that's that's mostly it i we have some fun things planned for the kenobi series obviously we're gonna do the the we're gonna cover the finale but then usually for the show we'll do like a whole show like wrap-up episode like the week after um we're gonna cover um I, we sometimes we do little fun episodes like between shows and that kind of thing, but we're also probably going to cover some of the books, uh, probably like Padawan and uh, Ooh, Padawan. You haven't mentioned that yet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to edit um, a little bit of that out. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're we, so yeah, we're still we're still kind of figuring out what we're going to do there. Um, but yeah, for as a gay Star Wars podcast, we're like, do you have anything special for Pride Month? And I'm like, yeah, we were covering Obi Wan Kenobi. Happy Pride Month to me. <laughs> Happy Pride Month, Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, 
literally and it literally has been um but yeah that's it that's it for me thank you so much for having me it was really fun it's not a problem at all i'll include all the links in the description to everything you mentioned and you know all the social media links and whatnot and i will just say to my listeners i'll have probably said it in the intro and the outro as well but check out rupap's pod race it's just it's so much fun just hearing all you guys uh chatting about star wars and just the fun little memes you've got within the show and it's like the further you go back you kind of find out where your own memes came from uh, like he you gotta you gotta you gotta learn about he yeah and it's just <laughs> everything and i mean come vitus you know that's that's the one yeah. that's that's the he, <laughs> he is the uh, one if, if the 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 polycule episode is quite possibly the most insane <laughs> the uh that's quite possibly the most insane thing we've ever done <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll make sure i make, make a note of that as well so people can just jump straight in but just yeah thank you so much once again and i appreciate your time and your podcasts uh and just yeah thank you for being a non-toxic star wars fan it just <laughs> it, it's great <laughs> the bar the bar is on the ground but thank you yes. so much <laughs> <laughs> it is <laughs> all right thank you so much and that's the end of the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. As always, my friends, I hugely appreciate everyone listening to my conversation with Claudia. As I said in the intro, make sure you check out the show notes for links to Claudia's social media, her two podcasts, as well as links to a lot of my other things, including guest spots, my social media, that sort of like. Plus, I've included details in the description of things myself and Claudia spoke about, including the podcasts she mentioned, like newcomers with Nicole Byers and a few other bits and pieces there. So yeah, just always check out the show notes. Very, very important thing to do. But what have we got coming up? Well, next week, I believe it's actually going to be my 100th episode of Star Wars Comics in Canon. So myself and Ben of Star Wars Timeline are going to be doing a Q&A session. Uh, so we're going to ask people on social media to send in their questions and we're going to answer them and talk about Star Wars. So I believe I'm actually going to be posting that on this feed as well, uh, just because, you know, as I keep saying, life at the moment for me is very, very busy. If you want other content, obviously make sure you check out my stuff on YouTube. You check out the back catalogue of Genuine Chit Chat. There's loads of other things uh, but if you are a star wars fan which i assume you are if you're at the end of this episode then i'm sure you're going to have a lot of fun in the q a episode so and then the week after that i'm hoping my conversation with mary kenny will have been authorized by sony so it would depend how long my q a episode is with uh, ben i may just release it in one go rather than splitting it anyway um but we'll see about that then hopefully the week after that will be my two-part with mary kenny uh, and then the week after that we shall see i've got a conversation with an animator but i think that's going to be slightly later in july so um i will figure it out once i get there uh, but if you wanted some additional content, aside from obviously the stuff on this show, as well as the Star Wars Comics and Canon, and also all the guest spots I do, you wanted even more content from me, then please consider going over to patreon.com slash genuinechitschat. For as little as £1 a month, which I think is about $1.50, you get access to over 100 episodes of Afterthoughts. That is myself doing Star Wars book reviews, some of Legend stuff, some of Canon stuff. Then there's also myself and Megan, which is the primary thing that we do, uh, is TV and movie reviews. So we recently reviewed Bugs Life because we just decided to watch that on a whim uh, Airplane the 1980s movie we're doing a Tom Hanks watch we just finished watching Philadelphia so we're going to do a review on that as well and we've been going through the Tom Hanks back catalogue there's loads of things on there including early access to genuine chit chat episodes so anyone who was a Patreon got access to part one and part two of this conversation with Claudia last week when part one dropped loads of other bits and pieces there's future guest lists I put on there occasionally uh, there's also I put some puppy photos on there of our puppy that we're going to be getting in a few weeks time so it's a good 
good way to see some things behind the scenes as well as contributing to the show and keeping the gears running but you also get access to an audio rss feed that you can copy into your favorite podcast app and then you just get access to the genuine chit chat patreon feed whenever you want and as i said there's hours and hours and hours of content on there we've been doing it for over a year now and there's over 100 episodes so lots of different things to get your teeth into including if you want to hear more about mine and megan's personal life we've been on road trips and things when we've gone on holidays we record information about that as well so lots of fun to be had I'd say apart from that, my friends, please make sure that you share this on social media, share the love, tell me how much of a good job I'm doing. We also tell Claudia how much fun you had listening to her be on my show. Share the post on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, or on Facebook. Tell your friends about the conversation and do that with my show in general. All you can do on this show, you can do it on Styles Comics in Canon, which obviously is on the feed of Comics in Motion. A link to that is in the description as well, if yourselves haven't already heard my Star Wars show. But specifically, I release an episode every Saturday and the episodes are almost all about comics so i do some book reviews on there i do a lot of high republic content on there but i basically go through comics i talk about the plot details as well as trivia and other information like when characters uh, pop up from other content when there's species or planets named that you may recognize things like that so i wider your understanding of the star wars canon i sprinkle a bit of legend stuff in there occasionally but i do always give ample warning when i do but it's primarily focusing on the new canon and specifically i've made the show so that you never have to have read a single star wars comic in your entire life you just listen to an episode i go through the plot details i talk to you about it as in going through the specifics so you find out what's going on and then you know more things about star wars i've imparted some of my knowledge and some of my research everyone is happy so please consider checking that out as i said i've done over 100 episodes now i'm almost fully up to date with canon marvel comics so i've only got a few more to go and i'm fully up to date which is quite exciting aside from that you know share on social media as i already said also please review it means the world to me uh, if you can do it on apple podcasts or good pods or anywhere like that that's great if you can do it on spotify as well that's really really handy because on spotify you don't even need to write anything you just give it out of five stars on the app there so please consider doing that as well but that's going to be enough from me my friends thank you so much for listening as always i appreciate each and every one of you listening to mine and claudia's conversation to checking out the show at all and to listening all the way to the very end I appreciate you all hugely and I will speak to you next week with my Star Wars Q&A with Ben of Star Wars Timeline. So, may the Force be with you. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.